Welcome to the Road to Health podcast, a podcast series focused on real Rhode Islanders who are making a difference in the health and wellness of communities across our state. Each episode will take you inside a health topic that affects Rhode Islanders with the hope of informing and empowering you to navigate the confusing but vitally important role of healthcare in your life. Please welcome this week's host, Rebecca Weber. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Rebecca Weber, Chief of Staff to the President and CEO at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island. I'll be serving as your host today on this podcast. And in this episode, we're going to revisit a very important topic with some familiar guests. The healthcare industry is replete with sensitive personal information flying around every day and a lot of healthcare dollars changing hands. Unfortunately, that makes the healthcare industry a target for theft. I'd like to welcome back our guests for today, former Rhode Island State Police Superintendent Colonel Brendan Doherty, Director of our Special Investigations Unit here at Blue Cross, and former Rhode Island State Police Captain Brian Casilli, our fraud investigator here at Blue Cross, to talk with us about how to avoid identity theft and fraud. Welcome to the podcast, Brendan and Brian. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Rebecca. Glad for a second round and a second chance to address these important issues. Uh, so, Brendan and Brian, identity theft is a big industry onto itself. We know that as healthcare uh, or as a health insurer, we collect a lot of really sensitive personal and confidential information. Uh, therefore, this industry is a target where people share their most sensitive private information all in one place. What are some of the most common scenarios you've seen when it comes to identity theft, and what are some of the new trends that you've witnessed in identity theft? One of the most common uh, problems we see with identity theft is new account fraud, where somebody will gather some of your information or enough information to open a brand new account under your good name and good credit. And they'll charge up a large amount of money, and then they'll quickly abandon the account. And unfortunately, you may be the recipient of notices from collection agencies and other types of situations like that, which can cause you quite a bit of problems. So I shouldn't throw it away if I think it's junk mail, Brian. Is no, that what you're you saying? should read it first. Okay, good to know. I'll say uh, though, as far as uh, as a, as a company from from uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield Rhode Island, uh, from our perspective, this company does a tremendous job guarding the the uh, sensitive information uh, uh, for our members. So uh, I, th- I think we we actually uh, work very very hard in that area. So th- this type of identity theft that would be uh, folks uh, on the outside receiving, uh, outside the company, I mean, um, citizens of uh, Rhode Island receiving calls like phishing calls uh, that we've talked about in the past, um, and how they should be guarded in uh, protecting their inf- information from uh, folks who they're, they're not aware of. Brian, did you want to talk a little bit about another evolving trend that you've noticed in the industry? Sure. So another evolving trend um across the identity theft spectrum is a term that's referred to as synthetic identity fraud. And it's a new concept where identity theft criminals will take pieces of your information and they'll blend that together with information from other people and they'll create a brand new identity. So they may use your social security number along with someone else's name and date of birth, which will cause further confusion and it often delays the discovery of this identity theft. And that's really taken off in the last year or so. In fact, I think it's the leading uh, complaint now with the FTC regarding identity theft. So it's like a Frankenstein of personal information. Exactly, exactly. So there's a lot to be on the lookout for. I'm glad to hear that Blue Cross is especially vigilant with our personal information, but there's always something new on the horizon. Right. Brendan, you referenced phishing, which we had talked about in our prior episode, but phishing doesn't always have to come just via verbal conversations on the phone. Uh, I understand there's a text message version of phishing. Yes, phishing can come in uh, many 
different uh, forms. It could, it could be in texting. It could be in an email. It could be just social engineering uh, over a phone call. I'd like to share a, 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 a real-life situation that happened as a result of phishing, and uh, and then it gets into another form of uh, uh, one of these methods is called, we call dumpster diving, and these are, these are the people that will, will take someone's rubbish uh, whatever way they need to get it from, from the rubbish at the street or if it's in a... Uh, uh, a complex where they where people throw their rubbish in a uh, dumpster, um, they are able to go through that. And I've actually been involved in cases where uh, I know of criminals who actually would get uh, many bags of rubbish and go through with gloves on and look for uh, f- bills from, let's say, uh, National Grid or, or uh, uh, department stores or whatnot. And a lot of them will have information that they can piece together and uh, you know if they get enough uh, information from that rubbish bag, that they, they can they can help it can help them try to identify uh, what they need to obtain a credit card on that person's name or whatnot. But this this one particular person I'm thinking of uh, was a senior uh, in Cumberland, Rhode Island. Uh, she received a phone call late at night that uh, it was from a uh, purported to be a from a uh, police department in Florida that her. Uh, grandson was uh, had been involved in an accident and he needed bail money and they asked if she had the, her credit card ready but she can't tell anyone because your grandson only trusts you and she was very shocked this this lady because she even though it was late at night uh, and she knew that her grandson had been in Florida but she thought she was coming back on that day so anyways long story short they ref- they told her you can't make any phone calls we'll have to call you back and she said I'll get- she tried to get a return number. They wouldn't give her a return number. Your grandson uh, really wants you to send $10,000 bail money or the credit card. And she hung up and called the, the, her grandson's house, and he answered the phone. He was in Rhode Island, and obviously a fraudulent call. Uh, they never called back because uh, we believed uh, the, 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 that that case was turned over to the state police, and they believed that they actually tried to call her back, and there was no call f- um, uh, waiting, so they knew that she had made a phone call. So the, it was over at that point. But uh, my, my point of the, telling the story is, okay, so someone tried to fraudulently obtain money uh, from uh, this lady, but how did they know her grandson was in Florida? And there were a couple of other pieces that they, they knew um, about this family and w- his trip, and, uh, and it, 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 they determined that it could only have been from maybe from her rubbish, that someone had done a rubbish pickup on her and then followed it up with a phone call. So these, these folks uh, with these nefarious ideas uh, will spare no expense to, and I believe they would, they would have cleaned, uh, uh, gone to a credit card limit if they could have. So those are things people just want to be guarded with. She was shopped. She asked the questions that she needed to, and she shut the phone call down, and when in doubt, leave it out. She sounds like a savvy Rhode Islander. My mom always warns me to shred everything before I throw it away. I don't know if that's doing too much good if people are that No, that's intent. one of the recommendations. I mean, that's, that's really, uh, you know, somewhat burdensome for someone to, in their, in their part of their lifestyle, to go home and read their mail and whatnot and have to shred everything. But uh, it depends on what type of business you're in. And there are some folks that need to do that because they've been victims of uh, identity theft in the, in the past. Thank you, Brendan and Brian. This has been an interesting conversation so far. We're going to take a quick break. Let's take a quick break for healthcare basics. Each episode, we take a minute to shed light on common healthcare terms you may encounter. This episode's healthcare basics topic is case managers. A case manager is someone who assists patients with difficult medical issues or illnesses that may require ongoing care, like diabetes. A case manager may be a nurse, social worker, or behavioral health professional. 
A case manager works with doctors to help you follow treatment plans. They may also help you find useful services through your health insurance and in the community. And we're back with Brendan and Brian talking about fraud. So I want to talk about a few more traps that folks can encounter over the phone. And you've both explained a few that, not to be alarmist, but certainly ways mm-hmm. that we should remain vigilant. Sure. Um, specifically, can you explain phone spoofing? Sure. Spoofing is a, is a term that's used to describe when a caller will hide or alter the originating number that will display on your caller ID. And, you know, it is a legal practice. However, if somebody uses that technology to deceive you, it's illegal. So you just have to be aware that when you look at your caller ID, the number that's represented in the caller ID may not actually be where the call is originating from. And that's changed over the last decade with digital calling and the ability to program the the phone number that's displayed into the caller ID. And we bring that up because, you know, over the last couple of years, we have seen a trend where people will invoke and use the caller ID display of a legitimate government agency or even a legitimate long-standing business like an insurance company to try to entice a person to give up personal information. So another thing to be prepared for. Brendan, would you like to explain some of the other elements of uh, things to look for or ways to protect against this sort of identity theft? That's just, that's a great question uh, because I, I did want to get that in as far as uh, preventing uh, fraud. You, you know, folks need to uh, know that they, they have total control of these phone calls like I, I've mentioned. But you also need to keep your cards uh, that contain uh, confidential information in a safe place. Do not leave your PIN number uh, with your card in the event that it's lost or sto- stolen. Be guarded about sharing your social security number, your credit card, your health insurance card, banking information to anyone uh, over the phone. You want to also protect your personal financial information at home on your computer and check your credit report annually. And Brendan and Brian, just to close out for today's uh, episode, if you suspect that your personal information has been compromised, what steps should individuals take to mitigate the damage and to restore their the integrity of their personal information? Sure, that's a great question, Rebecca. If you feel that your identity has truly been compromised, I would strongly suggest that you report it to the local police or to the state police uh, where you live. And also you should report the matter to the FTC, which is the Federal Trade Commission. And if you feel that there's a financial uh, issue, you should probably place a credit freeze through one of the credit bureaus. And I think it's also very important to notify your financial institution where you bank or where you do business. Those are great tips. Thank you so much for introducing us to some of the more alarming elements that can happen to our our personal confidential information, but also some wonderful tips to keep us safe and to make sure that we're being vigilant about what's most important to us. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks very much. Thanks. That's it for this episode of the Road to Health podcast, brought to you by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island. Our producer is Jill Flaxington. Our sound engineer is Jonathan Finn. For more information on the topics discussed, or to listen to our library of episodes, please visit bcbsri.com. If you'd like to connect with us or have a story to tell, we are at BCBSRI on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Thanks for listening.